EO Fire 1256. Be like water around rocks. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. What better gift could you give a friend or a loved one than the gift of freedom? Visit thefreedomjournal.com and ignite. Thanks to our new sponsor, Google, you can go to g.co slash eofire to get a $75 AdWords credit after you invest $25 in your first campaign. That's g.co slash eofire. Light that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I'm fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Julia Pimsler. Julia, are you prepared to ignite? I am stoked. Let's go. (laughs) Julia is the author of the book, Million Dollar Women, the essential guide for female entrepreneurs who want to go big. She's also a founder of a kid's language company called Little Pim. Her mission is helping 1 million women reach $1 million in revenue by 2020. Julia, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse in your personal life. Awesome. Great to be here with you, John. I, you know, started out as a creative person. Actually, I was a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker for many years and made films that wound up on HBO and PBS and Cinemax Real Life. And then I went out on maternity leave and had my first child and really wanted to teach him French and found out there was nothing out there to teach little kids a second language, even though that's the best time for them to learn. And thus, my first business was born, Little Pim, which is kind of like a Rosetta Stone for little kids. It's probably the easiest way to think about it. It's an at-home system, and it's sold in 22 countries. It can be seen on any screen, any size, anywhere. So I had a blast building that business, but that then led to my new mission, which is to help more women scale up and go big. I love how audacious you are, Julia. I mean, so many people just set these goals that are like 10% outside of their comfort zone, maybe 15%. You're looking to help 1 million women reach $1 million in revenue by 2020. I mean, Fire Nation, this is what it's all about. That book by David Schwartz, The Magic of Thinking Big, is real. And I like to say this quote, Julie, just because it is corny, but I mean, it should really stick with you. And in listening, Fire Nation, this should stick with you. Shoot for the moon, because even if you miss, you'll land amongst the stars. And it's true. Like, why not just go for that gusto? And, and Julia- Absolutely. I'm excited to be talking about this book with Fire Nation, about your journey as an entrepreneur. But one thing we do get to know is this. How are you making the dollars and the bills? Because you're in New York City, you're rock and rolling, you're doing this, you're doing that. And entrepreneurs need to have viable businesses that generate revenue. So what do you do to bring in money? Sure. Well, my business, Little Pim, is a success in the sense that we reach the seven figures, we sell in retail, we sell in e-commerce, we're in 22 countries, we have licensing partnerships all over the world. So that's one source. And now with Million Dollar Women, my new book, I've been doing work with women all over the country and actually even all over the world, which is so exciting. I launched an online course recently called Million Dollar Women Masterclass where women can learn the six pillars of growing a successful, scalable, seven-figure business and connect with each other because having that peer group is so important. It can be lonely as an entrepreneur, right? Huge, huge. So important. Oh, gosh. And I was so lucky that I joined the Entrepreneurs Organization about five years ago and found this incredible community of people. I always like to say it's the first room I ever walked in where I felt like, 
ah, these people understand me. <laughs> right? I was always like the weird one in the corner talking passionately about some random thing. And they're all the weird one in the corner in the entrepreneur's <laughs> organization. I love these people. So that helped me grow my business through Million Dollar Mark. And I wanted to give women all over the world the opportunity to connect with other ambitious, big-minded entrepreneurs. So we're not going to get off track with this, but I'm just fascinated and curious. How did the name Little Pim come to fruition? Well, my father was Dr. Paul Pimsler, and he created the Pimsler method for adults to learn a foreign language. It's like the key competitor to Rosetta Stone. Uh, and so I grew up with a little bit in the you know language teaching world. <laughs> um, he created the business you know, many, many years ago. And uh, unfortunately, he died when I was eight. He died very young. He was only 48. And so he never lived to see it become a big, successful business. It now is a big, thriving business that Simon & Schuster runs. But I really wanted to honor his legacy and also help help children all around the world have access to learning a second language. It has such incredible brain benefits to be bilingual. And up until Little Pim was created, it was only the kids of parents who had enough money to send their kids to expensive right. language classes or get, you know, a nanny from another country who had access to this benefit. But now all kids can learn a second language before the age of six at home on their iPod or, you know, iPad or wherever they can watch it. And that has made me just incredibly happy and proud. I love that story, Julia, and you're about to find out pretty quick that I'm a sucker for stories. In fact, I <laughs> insist upon stories on my show, EO Fire, here, and, and that's what we're going to move into next because, again, you've done some great things with Little Pim and now your book. I mean, a lot of really cool things, but it's a roller coaster to be an, an entrepreneur. I mean, as you mentioned, like the entrepreneurs are typically in the corner by themselves, like just talking to a wall about something passionate because there's just not always a ton of people around that get it. And so we can go into tough times, dark times, and we need that support group to pull ourselves out of it. That's why I love that you were talking about EO and just masterminds in general. I just love that concept. But take us, Julia, to what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment and tell us that story. Yeah, there are, there are a few big ones to choose from. So I will uh, go to the one that happened about three years into my business. And we had uh, gotten some great news, which is that we got Little Pim, which was a DVD series at the time. It's now digital downloads primarily into Barnes and Noble nationwide, right? Like biggest dream when I started the company would be nationwide at retail. Awesome. So then they said, well, you have to sign this distribution agreement. I was like, sure, you know, show me where I sign. <laughs> so the distributor contacted us and said, no, you know what? You're too small. Even though it was a huge order for us. It was like 180,000 DVDs or wow. something. They were like, no, no, we can't deal with it. You're too small. You have to go to this sub-distributor. So I'm getting passed all around. I signed with a sub-distributor. It was called TNT. I'll never forget. Kind of like the dynamite, right? right? So, so you hear what happens. So <laughs> they were down in Florida. I signed the agreement. And, you know, it was all systems go. Let's make these 180,000 DVDs. So we did. We distributed them. They started selling. And then came time to collect the money. Right. And TNT was like, oh, no, we're, we're not paying you for those. Actually, even though you thought you signed a deal that said you got paid when we got paid and we knew they'd gotten paid, they're like, we're only going to pay you for the ones that sell. So they basically turned it into a consignment deal mm. after we'd already signed. And I couldn't get my money out of there. And I had not shown the document to a lawyer. And that was like my greatest mistake and embarrassment. And I couldn't take it back. It was like too late. We were already in business with these shysters, as we say here in New York. Yeah. And, uh, and what happened then was really very sad, which is that it went dragged on and on to get some money out of them. And then they went belly up. Oof. They took $120,000 of our money with them. We were only like a five or $600,000 company. Right. 
So incredibly painful layoffs had to, you know, just cut back on so many things. And I was deeply embarrassed about, you know, the fact that I hadn't shown it to a lawyer. I felt like I brought this on the company. So that was a really dark moment. Julia, I'm glad you shared it for a number of reasons. I mean, you are now episode 1256. And on every single episode of EO Fire, I've asked my guests to share their worst entrepreneurial moment. Now, why? Do I want to like be a Debbie Downer or a Don Doolittle? Like, no, it's because there are so many amazing lessons to be learned and you're listening, Fire Nation. And guess what? If you are ever going to be in a situation that's similar at all to Julia, there's going to be a red flag that pops up. You're going to be like, wait a second. I heard about this somewhere and I know that this is probably something I need to have a lawyer look at. This is probably something I need to double check on with somebody who knows what they're doing. I'm not just going to sign on that dotted line. And, you know, we all hear, you know, know what you're signing, et cetera, but we get caught up in the business. And Julia, you were caught up 180,000 orders, like DVDs oh, man, were doing I was this. So excited. Yeah. Like, like, we don't, we don't want to slow down even for a second. Like if we had to go to a lawyer, we had to set up an appointment and then of course they're going to come up with like 10 things that need to happen. And then they charge you, right? I was like trying to save money. That was what I was trying to do, was trying to save money. <laughs> right. <Big> mistake. <laughs> and guess what? We are now going to learn, Julia, from something that you've obviously bounced back from, which I love, but you know, at, at the time was was really a big disaster. It was really devastating. You know, and a lot of what I tell entrepreneurs who come to me for advice is like, just stay standing. That is like half of being successful as an entrepreneur. There are just so many like snowballs to the head when you're an entrepreneur. And you know, I got two boys. They're uh, eight and 11. Oh, cool. And we had a snowball fight in the park when there was that big blizzard <laughs> yes. in New York. And, you know, I got a couple snowball snowballs to the head. But uh, it's not any worse than anything you'll get in business. And you just got to keep finding a way forward. That's like half the job sometimes. At least. And I mean, one thing that I say is entrepreneurs, they don't always run out of money. They often run out of time. Like they just need more time if they can just have that more time than they can do that thing. So what is the runway that you're building and extending Fire Nation? Always focus on the extension of that runway. Now, Julia, I do want to shift to a happier time in your life. And you've had a number of these, what I call aha moments, light bulbs that have gone off. I mean, again, Little Pim was one. I'm sure this recent book was one. You've had a ton of these aha moments. So this is your choice now. I, you know, I had you share your worst moment. Like there, that's just kind of like black and white. Like what was your worst entrepreneurial moment? This is up to you. Like this is an idea that you've had that inspired you, that you took and turned into a success. So tell us the story around one of your aha moments. Well, you know, in addition to being an entrepreneur and a mom, I am... I kind of consider myself a belief buster because I had a lot of limiting beliefs about what I could do as a CEO. And I was lucky to have coaches and mentors and people who helped me bust through those beliefs. And so I'm, I'm also on a mission to help other people, especially women, bust their own beliefs. And one thing that happened for me is that when I went out and raised venture capital, which I did a few years ago, I raised 2.1 million. It was so hard, John. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do. And I really wasn't sure I could do it. I had a lot of limiting beliefs around, well, I didn't go to business school. You know, I had to come out of a financial, you know, savvy background. Mm. They're going to see right through me, you know, imposter syndrome, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I finally broke through all this and was able to raise this money. And when I did, Along the way, I found out that only 4% of venture capital goes to women-run businesses and that only 3% of all women entrepreneurs make over a million in revenues, which in the business world is really just getting off, the, off go, right? That's not like mega success. That's no. like you've got a business that's humming at a million. So I just thought, this is ridiculous. I got I to gotta get to work on this. So on weekends, I just started teaching women entrepreneurs to raise angel and venture capital. 
because you talked about runway a few minutes ago, yeah. you know, one form of runway is cash, right? When that cash runs out, it's game over. One of my advisors said, you know, you can be low on cash for a very long time, but you can only run out of cash once. I love that. <laughs> yes, that is great. <laughs> so as women, the research shows that we start our businesses with six times less capital than men do. And then we make about 27% of the revenues that men are making in our exact same industries. And I just thought, you know what, we got we to gotta get to work on this problem. So I started training these women and I created a boot camp to teach them to raise angel and venture capital. And now I've trained 60 women who've raised a collective $12 million and are out, you know, killing it with their companies, which just makes me so happy. But so here's the story about what the aha was, is that if you just start doing the thing that you think you can't do, you can kind of become someone different than you are. So a lot of people approach their life in what's called have, do, be. Like, here's how much money I have. So here's what I can do in the world. So here's who I can be. Now, if you just flip that and you say, you know what? I want to be something totally bigger or different than I am. In my case, I wanted to like change the equation for women entrepreneurs. I was like, well, what would I do to do that? So I just started doing that. And then I became someone who teaches and then I now have a bigger platform. And the best part of it, John, is that when I went in to pitch my book about a year after I started the academy, this boot camp I started, it was called Double Digit Academy, um, I went into the publishers and I got offered this big advance. And they said, well, the reason that we want you to write this book and we're giving you this big advance is because you're clearly an expert because you teach this academy. <laughs> and I just thought, well, that is hilarious. <laughs> Right. But it just goes to show like you just got to get started and then you can create so much momentum. So there's so much that I love about that story that you just told. Number one is that quote, have, do, be. Flip it, Fire Nation. We want to be, do, and then have. And Julia, along those lines, I think something that you'll enjoy, this is a quote unknown, unfortunately. I would love to attribute it to somebody. But if you want to be, do. It's a very simple quote, and it's just very black and white. And, you know, do the math. Like, if you want to be X, do X. Like, I wanted to be a podcaster, Julia. I had never podcasted before. But the only way I was going to become a podcaster was to podcast. Like, if you want to become a writer, you have to write. Julia wanted to raise venture capital. She had to go out and raise venture capital. So if you want to be X, do X. Like, it's that equation, Fire Nation. That's so I powerful. I love that. And, you know, one of my mantras in life as an entrepreneur is have the fear do it anyway. Oh, Julia, we're going to just trade back and forth quotes all day. I mean, we're going to have a blast. <laughs> so I, I'm a quote junkie, so don't get me. <laughs> I, want to, I want to tell you something real quick, okay? I'm going to give you credit twice for have, do, be, and then be, do, have, because I'm going to use that a lot. And then I'm going to own it. And you only have to give me credit twice for if you want to be, do, and then you can own it. How's that? We're going to swap it's, like it's that. It's my licensing fee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add this to my revenue mix. One million dollars, of course. You're the okay, million dollar woman. Website. I think for that, we get to plug my website. So at com. you can find all 10 mantras that help me grow my business and that other million dollar women agreed are the key things you got to know. So have the fear, do it anyway is one. And the other one we all love is fortune favors the brave. That's yes. actually my personal mantra in life. Love that. In Fire Nation, that's juliapimsler.com, P-I-M-S-L-E-U-R. And of course, we will be linking that up in the show notes page because awesome. just like the word entrepreneur is not that easy to spell, neither is your last name, Julia. <laughs> entrepreneur is really just French for unemployable. <laughs> I love, listen, <laughs> look, we can do this all day long. So Julia... 
Man, I would have to say right now that I don't think you have any weaknesses as an entrepreneur, but you do. So share with us, Fire Nation, your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur. You know, I think my biggest weakness is also my biggest strength. And Jack Welch spoke to this when he said, uh, the best thing about entrepreneurs is their optimism. And the worst thing about entrepreneurs is their (laughs) optimism. (laughs) You know, I'm someone who always is like, it's going to all work out. And that is probably why I became an entrepreneur and, you know, was able to execute on my vision. But at the same time, I really need people around me who are like, no, you need to actually have a plan for if that doesn't work out. (laughs) Right. And like somebody told me something funny once they said, you really want a pessimistic CFO. You want an optimistic CEO and a pessimistic CFO because the person with the numbers really needs to, you know, have a really good grasp on what's working, what's not, and not be too, too optimistic. Blissful ignorance is really important for an entrepreneur. I mean, if 99% of us looked back and said, man, it was going to take that to do this. And if I had known that when I started, I might never have started because that was just super daunting and scary. So John, can I go deep on you here a moment? Go deep. I'm doing it. I'm going there. So, okay. You know, I mentioned earlier that my father died when I was eight. What I didn't mention is he died of a heart attack. So it was incredibly sudden. And so from one day to the next, he was gone. And I think one huge takeaway from that for me, I mean, it was devastating, obviously, for my family, but I learned really um, in my core at an early age that like, this is not the dress rehearsal. Mm. You know, this is your life. And if you want to do something big and important, you better get started right now. Because, you know, my dad didn't think he was going to die at 48, right? And, and to have experienced that, I think has given me a lot of courage in life because I saw and felt how you got to just carpe diem, man. This is not a dress rehearsal. Fire Nation, every time you're thinking about just kind of cashing in the rest of the day and saying, eh, that's going to be hard. That's going to be tough. Just say this out loud. This is not a dress rehearsal. You may not get a second crack I get this. it. We hope we do get a second life, right? I, I, you know, Fingers crossed. Back at? Right, John, let me ask you a question. So what would you come back as? A microphone. Second life. <laughs> a microphone. <laughs> you already are a microphone. I know. That's so funny. I, we, think, you're, I think you're a loudspeaker, actually. <laughs> helping to spread the word with your loudspeaker. I can project. I'm not going to lie. But uh, Julia, what would you come back as? I might come back as a lioness. I think they're pretty, pretty awesome. I just did a big interview with the lionesses of Africa, which is 100,000 women entrepreneurs on 36 African countries. And I was just so fired up to be like with the lionesses. I just love that. Have you ever read the book, The Wizard of Oz? I read that to my children recently. Okay, cool. Because, you know, a lot of people watch the movie, but they don't ever read the book. And it's a pretty quick and easy read. And it it is good. And when you just said Lioness, it just reminded me of the lion, the cowardly lion. So what a great book. That's so funny you bring that up because I gave a talk recently about Dorothy as a parable of the first female entrepreneur. Because if you think about it, she lands in this foreign land, she assembles a team, she has a goal and has to get to the goal, right, to the Wizard of Oz, but she empowers all of her C-suite, as I call them, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Lion, to become leaders in their own right. And I actually think that is something that women are really good at as leaders, if I can go a little bit essentialist on here a minute. You know, I think women and men, some men have female qualities, some women have male qualities. I don't think there's any one type, but women tend to be good at empowering others to do their best work. And that's what Dorothy does in The Wizard of Oz. Well, I can just say this. I love this, that that happened, like that kind of coincidence that we're talking about. I just love random things that happen like that. I can't believe you brought that up. I know. 
in Fire Nation. I mean, honestly, if you like the movie The Wizard of Oz, read the book. The author is, is must be a genius and brilliant because there's just things that as an adult you read, you're like, oh my God, I see what he's doing there. Like there's this one scene that was so interesting where, you know, of course the scarecrow has no brain. Like there's just, you know, it doesn't have a brain. So he, he just keeps telling himself, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I have no brain. Like he convinces limiting himself beliefs, of that. John, Super limiting beliefs. beliefs. But then what oh. happens, you know, the, the Tin Man starts to cry and he rusts his mouth shut and Dorothy and the Cowardly Lion, they have no idea what to do. They're just like, what could possibly be wrong with him? Why isn't he talking? He's, he's motioning and the scarecrow just ran over, grabbed the oil can and do, 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 do. And then he was talking and they just kind of moved on from it. But, you know, the whole thing is like, you know, of course he has a brain and of course he's brilliant. And it was his limiting beliefs that were telling him. So, man, we could go on about this. We can make Wait, a whole. Let me just say one more thing because now you got me. Now I got me started. Is I remember when Glinda, the good witch of the north, comes down and it turns out that Dorothy had the power on her feet the entire time. I mean, what greater parable for entrepreneurship <laughs> than that? Like, we right. all are wearing ruby red slippers, right? But we just didn't know that we could just click our heels three times. Oh, so, Julia, we were we could keep going back and forth. There's yeah, just so many great things here. <laughs> and I don't want to stop because we have a lot of great things to say. But I do want you to kind of shift to a little, little mirror, a little inward uh, focusing here. And tell us, Fire Nation, the one thing that has you most fired up today. You know, I have a bucket list and on my bucket list is going to Australia. I have never been to Australia and I worked with this amazing coach named Gina Malacone Long. I talk about her in my book, Million Dollar Women. She's one of the people who helped me with the limiting beliefs. And once a year, she trains people in her method. And I have signed up to go for three weeks of training in Australia with Gina. And I'm so stoked about it. It's in April. And that was one of those things where I was like, you know what? I'm just doing it. And then I will work backwards from there to figure out all the pieces (laughs) that have to fall into place to make that happen, including um, getting a whole bunch of people to give me miles because I didn't have enough miles to go. And the universe is just lining up the dots for for me now. I'm super excited. I mean, we could go on a whole other tangent about that, too. It's just like, put things out there, Fire Nation. The universe will fill in the blanks when you back plan. Like, that's why I just launched my book, The Freedom Journal, Accomplish Your Number One Goal in 100 Days. First, it's about figuring out that goal to set 100 days from now, and then you back plan in to make it actually happen. So we're going to be talking about this, about Julia, all the stuff that she has going on in the lightning round, Fire Nation. But first, we're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. Naming your business can be tough. We're all super passionate and very protective of our ideas, as we should be. My rule of thumb is clear first and then clever if it fits, but never just clever. The reason being, it's tough to get recognized if your name doesn't immediately communicate what it is you have to offer. But when I saw this business name, I knew they had nailed the clear and clever aspects. It was a dentist office called Nothing But The Tooth. I'm a big fan of puns, but again, clear first and then clever if it fits. And there are other ways to attract attention, of course. No matter what your business is called, an ad on Google will help you find new customers at the exact moment they're searching for what you have to offer. Why not give it a try? Go to g.co slash eofire to get a $75 credit after you invest $25 in your first campaign. That's g.co slash eofire. Julia, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I love the lightning round. Bring it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I was working for another company when I first got out of film school. I was managing their company. It was these awesome two guys in Paris. I went to film school in France. And they were like, you really should be managing your own company. And I was like, no, no, I want want to manage your company. And they're like, 
no, you really need to manage your own company. And they, they fired me. <laughs> and uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I just remember that conversation, like fighting them and they kicked me right out. And it was the best thing that ever happened. What is the best advice you've ever received? Make it easy for your partners to work with you. Don't go making 20-page contracts before you even do a deal. Make it easy for people to work with you. But if you're actually signing a deal, make sure there's a lawyer involved someplace. Well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> What's a personal habit, Julia, that contributes to your success? I wake up pretty darn early. Mm. Um, I get up, you know, 5 a.m. to write the book. I did not have time to write that book. I have two kids. I'm running a business. I woke up for 37 days at 5 a.m. and wrote for two hours when I wrote Million Dollar Women. And that's what produced the first draft of the book. So getting up early and getting hitting the computer before, you know, emails or phones or kids is definitely one of my success habits. Can you share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation? You know, I have been using... Um, Handy, cleaning, booking, my cleaning. Hey, you're talking to a working mom here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not judging. We have a cleaner. <laughs> these, these are the things that, that make my life work. So uh, yeah, they, they send a cleaning person to my house. Like it could be in two hours, the cleaning person will be here. And I love that because I'm always on the move, you know, having meetings and running around. So that happens on my time. And because my house can get clean, I can get busy helping women grow their businesses. If you could recommend one book for our listeners to join Million Dollar Women on our bookshelves, what would that book be and why? You know, I love so many business books, but I'm going to recommend um, Amanda Palmer's The Art of Asking. Do you know Amanda Palmer? No, I don't. So she is an indie rocker, and she also did the most successful Kickstarter campaign a musician ever did, where she raised wow. about $1.2 million. Wow. And she wrote this incredible meditation on why is it so hard for us to ask for money, for help, for advice, and she really gets under that mentality, and I think it could help some other people break through some limiting beliefs they may have around fundraising, because that's my other big, um, you know, journey in life and, and goal is to help more people raise more money for their businesses, especially women who, as I said before, tend to raise six times less capital than men do. And we need to, we need to figure that stuff out and go big. Well, man, I wish I had interviewed you a month and a half ago because I just finished my Kickstarter campaign and oh, awesome. I loved it, uh, but I probably could have used a lot of the advice from that book because we did about half of what Amanda did. So, uh, yeah, that's Palmer, the art of asking, but uh, the art of asking. on raising money and getting oh, out thanks. there and doing it. Maybe it you just have to do another one. There you go. There you go. Keep it going. <laughs> that one. John, I'm such a big fan of yours. It was great to be on your show. You're awesome. Well, I'm not letting you go anywhere yet. Oh, we're not done. <laughs> I just got enthused. I just want to share that. I'm really psyched. To be I love show. it. Well, I'm psyched that you're here in Fire Nation. I'm psyched that you're going to be able to get a free audiobook if you haven't already, because I teamed up with Audible. And if you, again, haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. Now, Julia, this is the way that we end the show on fire with you giving a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Parting piece of guidance is be like water around rocks. Whenever you see an obstacle, think about how water moves around rocks and find a way to be water. And the way to find me is at juliapimsler.com. I've got free resources around fundraising. I've got all kinds of ways to grow your business, to possibly join my Million Dollar Women Masterclass that I'm just launching. I'm super excited about that. And I'd love to hear from you. 
Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with JP and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. If you just type Julia in the search bar, her show notes page will pop up with everything that we've talked about, her website, her book, all the great resources. And of course, go directly to juliapimsler.com. And Julia, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. John, it was an honor. Have an awesome day. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. Are you ready to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days? The Freedom Journal is a gorgeous, leather-bound journal awaiting you at thefreedomjournal.com. Ignite! Ignite! 